This is a Faith FM podcast. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Hello there, and thanks again for joining once again. I'm Robbie Bergen, and you're listening to The Faith Experiment. And this is episode number 31, and I'm calling this episode, The Signs of the Times. Now, in this episode, I have a great book to give away once again. It's a book called Hope for a Hopeless Planet. And the book goes along with today's theme, Signs of the Times. It's answering a question, is Jesus really coming back soon? It's an age-old question, but this book does a great job at answering that question. So stick around to get the code word during the show today. You'll need to text the code word to 0488845311. So take out your phone now and save this number as the Faith Experiment number, 0488845311. Double one, And just wait for today's code word, text that code word in, and you will get today's great free giveaway. Well, I love hearing from you in the Faith Experiment, and I would love to hear from you once again today. So wherever you're listening from the Faith Experiment today, please text me in on 0488845311. Let me know how you're listening to this show. Are you listening to it on the app? Are you in the car? Are you at home? Are you at work? Let me know how you're listening to it. Text me at 0488 or email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au or you can message me on the Faith FM Facebook page. Now, if you're joining me for the first time, the Faith Experiment is about putting faith into practice. It's about experimenting with faith. And so far on the show, I have shared with you my own personal journey of how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. And we've just finished looking at a series of how to enhance your study of the ancient manuscripts that we call the Bible today. And over the last few episodes, we've just started a brand new kind of a series here on the Faith Experiment. And it's a series that's based, well, it's really based on your feedback or your questions. So on today's episode, I'm continuing this new series by answering a series of your questions. And the questions I'm picking today are all around the theme of signs of the times. You see, since I began the Faith Experiment, I have been asking you on every single episode to text your questions in, and I have received a ton of them. I've got questions like, where is hell? What happens to babies when they die? Why does God call Jesus his son? Is there a connection between COVID and the end of the world? How can I be born again? When will Jesus return? Is the United States in Bible prophecy? What's the mark of the beast? Is it the COVID vaccine? What's the purpose of tithe in the Bible? Is there a sick rapture? I have just got so many questions here that I thought I would answer them over a series of episodes here on the Faith Experiment. And so that's what we have started and that's what we're continuing on today. Now, if you want to throw your question into the mix, you can text me on 0488845311 or you can email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. So over the next few episodes, I'm going to take your questions, as many as I can, and dig into these ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts to find answers. Now, so far, we have looked at a question from Eva. This was the first question I sort of dealt with in this little mini-series. And her question was, how can we be sure that the Bible is actually trustworthy? I mean, how can we trust the Bible as God's word? And I chose to answer this question first because in our faith experiment, we need to have evidence that the Bible is actually God's word and that it's trustworthy before we try and answer any other questions. Because I've told you before on this show that I'm not interested in opinions. I'm not interested in feelings. I'm interested in evidence that points to facts. And so 
The faith experiment is based on the assumption that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And on that episode, we went through looking at all the various viewpoints, the prophetic viewpoint, the scientific viewpoint, the archaeological viewpoint, the historical viewpoint, the mathematical viewpoint. And we also looked at the personal impact, how this book has overwhelming evidence that it is a supernatural book, and it's well worth our time to experiment with it. Then on the last episode, we looked at a bunch of questions you asked about prophecy. We looked at Rose's question, who asked about how, as a Christian, she'd never studied prophecy and asked if she's missing out on anything. And we found that the Bible is one-third prophecy. And so we conclude that if God has gone to the effort of giving us so much prophecy, and then we don't study it, then we probably are missing out on something. We also looked at Kevin's question, which was, there are so many prophecies in the Bible, and I get lost trying to understand them. What's the point if I can't understand them? And I shared with you how that the Bible, when it talks about prophecy, it implies that we are not only able to understand the prophecy, but we're expected to act upon it and to obey it. Now, if we were not able to understand the prophecies, then there's no way we could act upon them or to obey them. So even though there are a lot of prophecies in the Bible, the Bible expects the Bible student to be able to understand them. We also looked at Alex's question, which was about the trouble he has in knowing how the prophecies all fit together. I also addressed Nat's question about that prophecy found in Daniel chapter 2 and how it doesn't talk about China. Also, I answered a bunch of other questions. Now, if you missed any of the previous episodes, you want to catch up some of the details of these answers to these questions, you can get the Faith FM app from your app store or you can go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for The Faith Experiment. You can also find The Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms, making it easy for you to keep up to date. So on today's episode, I'm going to be answering a number of different questions I have been asked about the signs of the times. Questions like Rebecca's, who wrote, 2020 has been a messed up year. COVID, lockdowns, social distancing, feel like it's a sign that the end is near. I've also seen a lot of YouTube videos of people saying that the world could end very, very soon. I would love to hear your thoughts. I've also got another question from Darlene who asks, I've been a Christian for many, many years. I've heard that Jesus is coming soon, but I'm still waiting. What makes you think it's soon? Do you have any evidence? And I have a bunch of other questions around this theme. So stick around. It's going to be a great episode. We'll take a short break now, but when we come back, I'm going to jump straight into a bunch of these questions about the signs of the times. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway. I'll see you right after this on The Faith Experiment. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. Stars and their light spoke hallelujah. 
Across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Listen live or listen later. Get the Faith FM app from your app store today. Welcome back to the Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and this is episode 31 of the Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode The Signs of the Times. And coming up is the code word for today's free offer. So stick around. So in this episode, I'm looking at questions you have asked me about what I'm calling the signs of the times. And there are, once again, some really good questions that have been asked. So let's dig straight in. Well, first up, I have two questions which are pretty similar, so I'm going to sort of tackle them at the same time. The first question comes from Ben, who asks a really simple, straightforward question, which is, when do you think Jesus will return? Good question, Ben. The second question similar. It comes from Sarah, who asks... Can we ever know the exact date or at least the year of Jesus' return and the end of the world? I've seen some interesting YouTube videos being shared that talk about Bible prophecy predicting that Jesus will come in 2024. What do you think, Sarah? Well, thanks very much for your questions, Ben and Sarah. 
Because they are so similar, I'm going to sort of treat them as sort of almost one question. The question basically is, when will Jesus return? And is it possible to know the exact date or at least the exact hour and sort of address this 2024 prediction that's going around on the internet? Well, I want to start this episode by sharing this warning that's given by Jesus himself. We can pick it up in the Greek New Testament book of Matthew chapter 24. Beginning in verse 1, there's a bit of a backstory and then there's a warning. So let me share it with you. Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. The Bible says this. It says, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. This is the temple in Jerusalem. And his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming, and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Now, here it is. Let me just set the, set the scene here. Jesus has been in the temple in Jerusalem. He's uh, said that the temple's going to be destroyed. The disciples are, like, shocked. So when they get Jesus by themselves, they ask him privately, Jesus, tell us what will be the sign of your coming and what will be the sign of the end of the world. And Jesus turns to them. He's been asked the question, and he turns to them, and this is what he says in verse 5, Matthew 24. He says, take heed that no one deceives you. Now, that's a super weird response to a simple question. The question is, hey, give us some information here. And Jesus turns around, doesn't even deal with the information at this point. The very first thing out of Jesus' mouth is, take heed. That means be careful, be very, very, very careful. Careful of what, Jesus? That nobody deceives you. So notice this. When Jesus' followers ask Jesus the question, Almost the exact same question we're asking on this episode, the signs of the times. When will you return, Jesus? Is it possible to know? Jesus, before even trying to answer the question, he gives them a warning. Don't let anybody deceive you. Now, why would Jesus say this? Well, apparently, in his mind, these kinds of questions are, when they're asked, there is a very real danger of being deceived. Now, wherever you are right now, whether you're in the car, whether you're at home, whether you are at work, wherever it is, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to do something. Raise your hand if you are deceived right now. Go on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you are deceived right now. Now, I bet if I could see you wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, if I could see you, I bet you none of you are raising your hands right now. Well, let me tell you something. That is exactly what a person who is deceived, would be doing. You see, we don't know we're deceived until we are undeceived. And Jesus is saying that when we talk about these signs of the times and the end of the world, it's very, very, very important to take heed that nobody deceives you because apparently on this topic there is a great opportunity for great, great deception. So we need to be cautious as we approach this topic, as we approach these questions. We need to be sure that we're allowing the Bible, these ancient manuscripts, to teach us. And we have to be careful not to put into the Bible the things that it's not saying. So, for example, the eisegesis and the exegesis principles. I've talked about that on previous episodes. How to interpret the Bible, how to understand the Bible, how to study the Bible. 
Very important. These are elementary principles. And now as faith experimenters, you've, you all understand the importance of exegesis, drawing the original meaning out of the text, not putting meaning into the text. Because on this topic, believe me, of all the people I talk to all around the place, this topic is one that causes so much division in interpretation. Because people like to put their ideas into these prophecies, into these texts. So we have to be cautious. So with that being said, I want to look at Sarah's question first. She asks, can we ever know the exact date or time of Jesus' return and the end of the world? And about these videos getting around about 2024. So let's look at the first part of the question. Can we ever know the exact date or time of Jesus' return? Well, let's look at what Jesus actually said. Jesus said in the Greek New Testament manuscript of Matthew 24 and in verse 36, he says this. He says, of that day, referring to the second coming, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Now, you know, I think that's pretty clear. I mean, it's from Jesus himself. And he seems to say that the only one who actually knows when the second coming is going to happen is the Father. You see, over the years, a number of people have predicted an exact date for Jesus' coming, despite this clear, clear statement. I mean, it's, it's not a riddle. It's not mysterious. It's, it's black and white. Of that day, no one knows not even the angels of heaven, but the Father only. But despite that, numerous people have attempted to predict an exact date for Jesus' coming. Did you know that Pope Sylvester II, he predicted that Jesus would come on January 1st in the year 1000. Now, when that didn't happen, the clergy of the day proposed that the world would end 1,000 years after Jesus' death in 1033 AD instead. But obviously that didn't come to pass. There's also been predictions that Jesus would come in the year 1260 or 1260 AD. There's another prediction in 1694 that the world would end when Jesus returned. Even the famous English preacher John Wesley, he once sort of indicated that he believed that Jesus would come in 1836. And there have been other dates that have been set. 1914 was a year that was set for Jesus' return, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Sun Moon from South Korea, he predicted the end of the world. Herbert W. Armstrong, William Miller, Gene Dixon, and many, many others have all tried to place a time and date on the return of Jesus and the end of the world. Now, it seems that even though Jesus said no one is going to know the time or the date, people still try and predict it. Why? Well, notice what this guy said, this commentator, his name is J. Gordon Milton. He said, everyone who predicted the end of the world had one thing in common. They were wrong. Now, that's pretty obvious, right? None of these predictions came to pass. Now, there are a lot of videos going around on social media at the moment, and they all seem to be laying a case for the world ending or the second coming or the rapture, however you want to put it, happening in 2024. Now, they all have different ways of arriving at this date, but for some reason, they all like the date of 2024. Some say it's based on a secret manuscript that was found on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Others say 2024 is the 121st Jubilee year. And others say it's because it's the 
6,050th year since creation, and that's why the world's set to end. Some base it on calculations that there were 4,000 years before the birth of Jesus, and there have been 2,000 years approximately after the crucifixion of Jesus, which brings us up to about 6,000 years. And so Jesus would have to come before the start of the 7,000th year because that would fit nicely with the idea of a 1,000 years of rest from the millennial perspective. And that's somewhat like the seven days of creation with the six days of work and the seventh being day of rest. And they use arguments like, well, the Bible says that a day with the Lord is like a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years is one day. Now, however they arrive at their dates, they have one thing in common. Jesus said, no one will know the day or the hour. So however you look at it, the date setting in these videos are based on assumptions and speculations. Jesus said black and white that no one knows the date except for God. And predicting dates not only results in disappointment. I mean, every single date that has been predicted so far has passed and it has not only resulted in disappointment, and discouragement, but it also encourages people to ridicule the Bible. Now, the funny thing is the Bible never claimed to predict the date. In fact, it tells us the opposite. So, Sarah, you asked, can we ever know the exact date, or at least the year of Jesus' return and the end of the world? Well, my answer based on the Bible is no one will never know the exact date Jesus' return until he returns. I think it's just that simple. Now, if we look at Ben's question, Ben asked, when do you think Jesus will return. Well, thanks, Ben, for that question once again. Now, we've already seen that no one's ever going to know the exact day or hour of the second coming. Jesus said it himself. But your question is, when do I think Jesus will return? Well, let's ask Jesus that question. He said, again, in the Greek New Testament book of Matthew, in chapter 24, verse 32, verse 33, he says, Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, You know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it, that's the second coming, is near. Now, the things here he's talking about, that second coming, is likened to being able to tell the change of the seasons. So Jesus is saying that we're not going to know the hour of the day, but just like we can tell the seasons are changing, we'll be able to read the signs of the times that indicate that Jesus' return is near. So although Jesus is warning against predicting dates, he does tell us to investigate the prophecies and the world events in order to see when his coming is Near. Now, just as there are many prophecies regarding the first coming of Jesus, there are also very clear prophecies relating to the second coming of Jesus. In fact, more than 1 in 25 verses in the New Testament relate to the second coming. So there's a lot of information about this event, and there's a lot of signs to look for. So we know we need to look for signs of second coming's nearness, but Jesus is even clearer because he tells us how to view these signs. There's a, there's a passage in Matthew 24, verse 8. After listing a bunch of signs, Jesus says this, All these are the beginning of sorrows. So after outlining a number of prophetic signs, Jesus said that there was a beginning of sorrows. And the word sorrows here comes from a Greek word, which literally means the beginning of birth pains or labor pains. So Jesus is using an illustration of childbirth as an example to describe the signs of his return. Now, I know from when my wife has given birth that there is a beginning and there's an ending of these birth pains or labor pains. You see, just as birth contractions increase in frequency 
and intensity as the mother gets closer to giving birth to the child, so it's going to be with the signs of the times, the signs of Christ's return. They'll become more frequent and more intense over time until we're near the end time or until the season changes. So, Ben, we will know when Jesus' return is near based on the frequency and the intensity of these signs. Now, I'm going to go into more detail about these signs after the break based on a few other questions I've received in this topic, but I hope that makes sense so far. Well, it is time to take a short break now, but when we come back, I'm going to continue looking at your questions on this topic of the signs of the times. And coming up is the code word for today's great free giveaway. Be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. The Faith Experiment is made possible because of people like you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please consider supporting us by making a donation on our website at faithfm.com.au slash donate. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to thee Redeemer and mighty to save easy anchor of hope for the souls of men. Gracious, compassionate, merciful God, radiant, holy delight, beautiful Father, victorious Son. Source of unchangeable light Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer and mighty to save Easy anchor of hope for the souls of For the lost Rock of salvation Remarkable love Savior who died on the cross Great is the Lord And most worthy of praise Refuge of strength to the end Righteous Redeemer And mighty to save He's the anchor of hope Souls, oh, he's the anchor of hope for the souls. Oh, he's the anchor of hope for the souls of men. 
You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and this is episode 31 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode, The Signs of the Times. And coming up is the code word for today's free giveaway. So stick around. On today's show, I'm answering your questions about the signs of the times. And before the break, we looked at Sarah's question. Can we ever know the exact date of Jesus' return? And we saw from Jesus' own words that we won't know the day or the hour. But by looking at the signs of the times that Jesus gives, we will know how near it is. Then we looked at Ben's question, which was, when do you think Jesus will return? And we looked at how Jesus gave a number of clues. He tells us that these signs will be like a woman giving birth. And so we'll be looking for an increase in frequency and intensity of whatever these signs of the times are. Well, next up, I have two questions which are similar once again. The first one is from Rebecca, who says, Hi, Robbie. 2020 was a messed up year. Bushfires, COVID, lockdowns, social distancing, and then flooding. I feel like it's a sign that the end is near. I've seen a lot of videos of people saying on YouTube that the world could end very soon. I would love to hear your thoughts, Rebecca. And the second question I've got is from Paula who asks, do you think there is a connection between COVID-19 and the end of the world? Well, thank you very much, Paula and Rebecca. Since both of your questions sort of pick on the COVID-19 and the sense of the end of the world sort of theme, I'll address them both at the same time. But let me first speak to Rebecca's question. 2020 definitely felt like a strange year. In fact, I still find it a bit of a blur thinking of it. It was only you know a couple of months ago. But a lot of things have changed. And I think the things that have changed have changed permanently. I don't think we're ever going to go back to life the way it was before COVID-19 came on the scene. Kind of the same way life has never been the same since the attacks in the United States on September 11, 2001. Because if you look at the effects of COVID-19 on the world, I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the effects that COVID-19 has had on the planet. It's been profound because if you think about it, we are living in perhaps the first time in human history when our whole planet is acting the same way, is talking the same way, is using the same symbols and same signs and same illustrations. We're passing almost identical laws and we're doing it all at the same time. You know, for example, no matter which country you look at, which press conference you hear or which leader is speaking, you'll hear almost identical phrases. You'll hear things like this. We're all in this together. We're going to build back better. Uh, Staying apart keeps us together. We're all listening to the advice, which is pretty much law in most places, from these chief medical officers or chief health officers. And most places on earth have got these little stickers all over the ground telling us where we can and where we can't stand. We have all these green signs up everywhere telling us to be COVID safe. The world is now using QR codes to tell government authorities and health authorities our every move. And we're terrified of using cash now because it might be infected. And so we've almost exclusively embraced cashless payments. And, you know, if we look at just Australia, our states in Australia are acting more like little kingdoms, opening and closing borders at will, 
Citizens of the single country are now required to show border passes, and most countries have executed what has become known as emergency health powers, and these powers seem to suspend our constitutional freedoms, all in the name of a health crisis. Now, I'm not sharing this from some sort of dark web underground conspiracy point of view. This is just what's been happening right across our planet in the past 18 months or so. You know, there's there's even been talk by some very large institutions on Earth, like the World Economic Forum, who have been talking about using this crisis for a call for a great global reset. So, Rebecca and Paula, I think a number of things have happened since COVID has hit that has definitely created a cosmic shift on the prophetic timeline. Now, why do I say all of this? Well, I'm not just saying this because, you know, things got weird last year. You see, this is really connecting to what I was saying on the last episode when I looked at that question about prophecy as a whole, how to understand it. You see, the Bible gives us prophecies that have that big picture view, the zoomed out view. And these prophecies give us the what will happen type picture. And then the Bible gives us a series of prophecies that we can zoom in on details. And these are types of prophecies that give us the how it will happen type of picture. And so we know from a number of prophecies that there need to be certain changes in the world, and not just from a national point of view, but from a global and interconnected worldview. There are changes that need to happen, and these will have to take place before certain prophecies can be fulfilled. And these need to be fulfilled before Jesus says he will return. So it's almost as simple as, Once you have all the prophecies laid out in order according to the events and their chronology, we can look at these prophecies from the viewpoint of, well, not all of them, but a lot of them. We can look at them and deduce from them what changes need to take place in the world around us for these prophecies to be possible to fulfill. Now, I have some very specific questions regarding some of the prophecies in the book of Revelation, and I'm going to pick them up in a future episode and going to get into the nitty gritty. So we'll talk about that. So stay tuned. But for now, Big picture, Bible prophecy indicates that there will be a time when there will be a global economic system. It also indicates that there will be a global legislative system, and it also indicates a time that there will be a global religious system. Now, where we are right now, we could say we are very close to a global economic system. We're missing a complete digital monetary system, but as we've seen since COVID-19 hit, we're rapidly moving into that space. In fact, it was only in March this year, 2021, when China became the first country on earth. I mean, in human history, the first country to create a digital currency the digital UN. And the digital UN is freaking out a lot of the Western world. The United States, the EU, where they're all racing now to do the same thing, to create a digital euro, to create a digital dollar, so that they won't be left behind and the digital UN doesn't become some sort of US dollar to the digital currencies. So we're not there yet, but COVID-19 seems to have rapidly sped up that trajectory. Now, on the global legislative front, I think what COVID-19 has done and is still doing is it's showing us that it's very possible to get every legislative body in all the different sovereign governments around the world acting the same way, enacting the same rules and the same laws. I mean, when you think about what's happened in the past 18 months, it's amazing. When you follow world news, and I'm not talking about like the Channel 7 and Channel 9 news that last for five to 10 minutes. I'm talking about real news where you see the 
full entirety of these speeches given by various politicians around the world. In these press conferences, the political leaders are almost reading from the same script. They're using the same words, the same phrases, the same conclusions. So we're not totally there yet. But like I said, we have made a seismic advance towards it. So is there a connection between COVID-19 and the end of the world, as Paula asks? I think COVID-19 has moved us much, much closer down the timeline because of the way it has and is changing the world and the foundation that it's laying for many of the other prophecies to be fulfilled. Well, it's going to take a short break again, but when we come back, we're going to continue looking at your questions on this topic of the signs of the times. And coming up is the code word for today's giveaway. We'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. See the birds that are singing in the spring air They're giving everything they need They don't worry where their next meal will come from They don't worry about a thing So just look around you Try to listen to the song creation sings Don't you worry cause you're in the hands of the God who made everything Mm See the flowers in their colorful beauty They're dressed better than a king They don't worry about what they should wear, no They don't worry about a thing So just look around you Try to listen to the song creation sings And don't you worry cause you're in the hands of the God who made everything Because you're you're not a bird and you're, you're not a flower You don't have petals or wings But there is good news, you're worth so much more the God who made everything So when you worry about today or tomorrow And the storms that they might bring Try to remember that you're in the hands of the God Who made every single thing This is The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen Right here on Faith FM Welcome back to The Faith Experiment I'm your host Robbie Bergen And this is episode 31 of The Faith Experiment I'm calling this episode The Signs of the Times And coming up shortly is the code word for today's great free offer A wonderful book called Hope for a Hopeless Planet You won't want to miss it, so stick around for the code word Now on today's episode, I have been looking at questions related to the signs of the times We've looked at, can we know the day, or at best the year, that Jesus will return? 
And then just before the break, we looked at two questions around whether there was a connection between COVID-19 and Jesus' return. Now, the next question I have here comes from Darlene. She asked the question, I have been a Christian for many years and I have heard that Jesus is coming soon, but I'm still waiting. What makes you think it's soon? Do you have any evidence, Darlene? That's a great question, Darlene, and it's one that I get asked a lot. After all, Jesus said he was coming soon 2,000 years ago. So what makes us think that soon is soon for us now? Well, before I answer that question, I have another question that's somewhat related, and it comes from Greg. And Greg says this, Hi, Robbie. I'm not a Christian, but I talk to one who tells me that there are signs all around us that are like clues that Jesus is coming soon. Signs like war and famines and earthquakes. But I'm not convinced. There has always been wars, famines, and earthquakes. What's your take on it? Greg. Well, thanks very much, Greg, for the question. And, you know, I'm so glad that even though you don't consider yourself a Christian, that you're at least checking out the show. So keep checking in with me and let me know what you think of the show. I'd love to hear your feedback. And your question, like Darlene's question, is a great question. So basically, the both of you are asking the question, what's the evidence for the nearness of Jesus's return. And Greg is saying, if you tell me that it's just wars and famines, well, there's always been those things, so where's the big revelation? Well, these are excellent questions. So to answer these questions, I want to take you back to what I shared before the break. Even though Jesus said that no one will know the day of the hour, he makes the point that we need to be ready for his return. And he compares it to looking for the signs in nature, the seasons changing, or the process of labor pains for a woman. Jesus even compares it to fig trees developing fruit. Now, of all these examples, one thing is very, very obvious. They're all very visible signs, and they're very progressive signs. They have a beginning, and they move towards an end, and that end is a climax. Now, the climax in the story here in the prophecies is the second coming of Jesus. But the labor pains or the budding fruit or the change of the season, all of these are the signs that we're meant to be able to look at and to be able to read. Hence the expression, the signs of the times. Now remember, whatever the signs are that we're meant to be looking for, we should be noticing an increase in frequency and an increase in intensity, just like the labor pains. So the big question is, what are some of these signs that are actually associated with the last days or with Jesus' return. So let's look at some of them. Jesus provides us five types of indicators or signs that the end is near. He started by telling us about signs in the natural world. He tells us things like there'll be earthquakes. In Matthew 24, verse 7, he says there will be earthquakes in various places. These are some of the signs to look for before he returns. Now, did you know that there have always been earthquakes? Well, you knew that already, right? But did you know that the number of known earthquakes and the number of deadly earthquakes has dramatically increased in the last hundred years or so? Think of some of the horrific, devastating earthquakes we've seen in just recent years, like Haiti and Christchurch and Japan and Nepal. In fact, you have to think about this really carefully as I say this because I'm talking numbers and you're listening. In the first 10 years of the 20th century, there were 18 earthquakes recorded over six on the Richter scale. In the last 10 years of the 20th century, there were 42 earthquakes over six. So it's jumped from 18 to 42 in the space of 100 years. In the first 10 years of the 21st century, there were 217 earthquakes over seven on the Richter scale. 
So we're seeing an increase in frequency and an increase in intensity. Now, Jesus also spoke about famine. In Matthew 24, verse 7, he said, there will also be famines. Now, we all have those images in our mind of those starving children, bloated stomachs and and flies buzzing around their mouths, just desiring food. And did you know that there's 24,000 people that die every single day from hunger? That's one person dying every 3.6 seconds. And did you know that there are 500 million people that are desperate for a meal today. Jesus is indicating that as we get closer and closer to the end, the famines are going to increase. Starvation will increase in the same way that the earthquakes are increasing. Jesus also predicted that there'll be tsunamis and cyclones and floods. In Luke 21 and 25, he says, there will be distress of the nations with perplexity in the sea and the waves roaring. You know, Time Magazine, I've been tracking this for about 20 years now. Time Magazine has consistently been reporting on an increase of wild weather for these last 20 years. And I have Time magazine cover after cover after cover highlighting these these environmental disasters or natural disasters like tsunamis and hurricanes and twisters and global warming. Exactly as Jesus has indicated, as we get closer to the end, these things will increase both in intensity and in frequency. Jesus then spoke about pestilence. And pestilence means disease or a plague. Matthew 24, verse 70 says, And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Now, we have seen our fair share of this stuff in recent times. Think back to 2003, mad cow disease. Then in 2003, by the end, there was SARS. And then in 2003, we saw the bird flu, followed by N1H1 or swine flu in 2009. 2015, we had MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome-related coronavirus. And then in 2018, we saw the African outbreak of Ebola. And of course, in 2019, I don't have to tell you about coronavirus, COVID-19. And did you know that we are still seeing other pestilence like locust plagues facing Africa right now? Now, this isn't just someone's observation. If you look at the data, there's a website out there called Our World in Data. It's not religious. It's just a website of data. It shows you when you look at the global report of natural disasters by type, you see a 400% increase of intensity since 1970. 400% increase. And the same thing with the number of recorded natural disaster events. We're seeing increase in intensity and in frequency. The second category of the signs that Jesus gives is political. He says you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Around our planet right now, there are 30 wars raging. 30. A hundred million dollars, that's US dollars, is spent on war every single hour. And today, a large portion of our planet is involved in active conflict, in varying degrees of conflict, but in conflict nonetheless. Now, some might say that there have always been wars, and that's true. But remember, labor pains, these wars will increase with frequency and intensity. Next, Jesus predicted there'd be signs in the social world. The Bible actually states before Jesus' return, there would be a moral decay in society. Jesus says this, he says, And because lawlessness will abound, this is before he returns, the love of many will grow cold. And one of Christ's followers, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he made some mind-boggling predictions about society in the end. And when you read it, it sounds like we're listening to the, the news. This is what he said 
that would occur before Jesus returns. He says, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong and haughty. He clearly predicted a lawless and a loveless age before the end. And is it happening today? Well, again, if you look at the data, data tells us that violent deaths are increasing. Did you know that on average, 500 kids are killed by their parents in the United States every single year? And in Australia, one in six boys are sexually assaulted and one in four girls are sexually assaulted before the age of 18. Something's not right. Things are getting worse, exactly as Jesus indicated. The fourth sign that Jesus talked about is signs in the religious world. Jesus warned of an increase in religious cults as we near the end. He said, there shall be false Christs and false prophets and they shall show great signs and wonders. The world has witnessed its fair share of false prophets and Messiah-like figures in recent years. And did you know that even right now today there are more than 25 people living on the planet today who claim to be the messiah right now pretty much on every continent you can find a person that claims to be jesus exactly as jesus said and the final sign that jesus talked about was the sign in the financial world he actually predicts a global economic collapse now i'm sure that you're all super interested in this one but i'm going to leave this because i've got a bunch of other questions that are related to this topic of economics and bubble prophecy. And I'm going to leave this for a future episode because I really want to do this justice. I want to spend more time. I've got so many good questions on this topic. So stay tuned for this episode where we explore financial prophecies. But just by looking at these five major areas, and there are other areas to look at as well, but just looking at these five areas, we can see that Jesus was right. In these key areas, we should see, just like labor pains, an increase in frequency and intensity. And there's no question Looking at the data, objectively, that's exactly the case. Yes, there's always been wars, but the data is showing us that we are seeing more wars more often. Yes, we've seen plagues all the way throughout human history, but what we're seeing is more plagues more often and more intense. And the world is losing its morality, just as Jesus described. Something is happening in this world, and it looks more and more like Jesus knew what he was talking about. Now, I've not even touched on technology and how the world has caught up to prophecy. Did you know that we are now living in a time where just about every technological element which is needed to fulfill prophecy is almost a reality? And I'll touch on that when I address some of the questions around COVID and the mark of the beast, so stay tuned for that one. So, Darlene, you asked the question, is there any evidence for the nearness of Jesus' return compared to previous generations? I say yes, absolutely there's evidence. There's an abundance of evidence that we are living in a generation that by far, by far, is seeing more rapidly the fulfillment of these prophecies than was even thought possible in previous generations. And Greg, you asked, well, there's always been wars and famines. How are they signs of the times? Well, look at any data set. Go look at ourworldindata.org. You will find exactly what Jesus predicted. There has been an increase in frequency and intensity in every category of sign. Now, I hope that this whets your appetite. By no means is this the extensive, exhaustive answer to these questions. But it's only a a one-hour show. I hope that this gives you something to look more into. 
So there are definitely signs of the times that we are meant to look for as Bible students, as faith experimenters. And I believe that as we look at the world today from a from an objective point of view, looking at the data, we see on every front indication that we are moving almost at a accelerated rate towards some climactic event. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have this great book called Hope for a Hopeless Planet. Is Jesus really coming soon? It's an age-old question, but this book attempts to answer that question and it does a fantastic job at it. If you'd like to get this book today, all you need to do is text the code word hash fe31. That's the code word hash fe31. Text it to 048-45311. And the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word hash FE31. That's the hash symbol or the or the pound key. Followed by FE as in faith experiment and the number 31 for episode 31. So hash FE31. No spaces. One word. Text that to 048-45311 and we will get that offer out to you as soon as possible. Now it's time for this week's inbox. This is when I browse through the inbox and share your comments, feedback, and questions. And I've got a number of messages here today. This one comes from Gabriel from Brisbane who says, Hi, Robbie, I enjoyed your Why So Many Churches program that was on air last week. Very informative. Thanks, Gabriel. I'm so glad you enjoyed that episode. Be sure to share it with your friends. Here's another email from Paula who says, Dear Robbie, listening to your series, Faith Experiment, it has helped me to understand prophecy, particularly end-time prophecy. Well, thanks so much, Paula. I'm so glad this show's been a blessing for you. Make sure you help me get the word out. Share it with your friends and your family. And here's a text from Yanni who says, Hi, Robbie. Thank you for a great explanation you are sharing with us on your show. Thank you so much again for a great job you're doing. Well, thank you for those kind words, Yanni. I really do appreciate it. I'm glad the show is helping in your faith experiment. And here's one last text from Christine who says, Great show, Robbie. I'm new to the station and I'm really enjoying it. Well, thank you very much, Christine, and welcome to the station and welcome to the faith experiment. I hope you stick around and become a faith experiment with the rest of us. Well, thank you very much for your feedback. I really do appreciate it. You can text me your comments and feedback on 048-845-311 or email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. I love to hear your thoughts and your comments. Well, that's all for now. I'll catch you next week at the same time here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I'll see you then. You have been listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Connect with us via text message on 0488 453 11. That's 0488 453 11. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au and let us know what you thought of this episode.